Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hey, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Season 8, episode 178. I am Sanjay Parikh. And I'm Adam Walker. And man, we are happy to be here. We have a lot. I mean, a lot of articles to cover. We have a bumper crop of articles. A bumper crop of articles to cover. Yeah. But we're going to cover some of them at a high level. And we're going to make it entertaining and fun. And listen... We have four, count them, four weird and wacky articles and, of course, tech wrecks that are going to come at you. So let's but just still only two tech wrecks, as always. That's true. Two tech wrecks. N- no let's... bumper crop of tech wrecks. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But uh, I tell you what, but I'll start with a tech wreck, which is if you have not already checked out Together Letters, please check out our new project, togetherletters.com, to stay in touch with the people you care about it's really having an impact on a lot of people's lives. We'd love for you to try it out. List groups, groups of 10 or less are free forever. All right. And and it's getting better and better every single week. Every we single updates week. updates all the time and it's getting better and better. So better and better. All right. So let's dive in. Twitter plans to let anyone start hosting Twitter spaces in dun, 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 April. I think I'm going to get access to Twitter spaces before I get access to Clubhouse. I think that's entirely possible. And my guess is that Twitter spaces then overtakes clubhouse within, I'm going to say within three months clubhouse. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say within like eight seconds. No, I mean, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think, think clubhouse so? being only on iOS is going to really hurt them in the long run. And I think they, I think they should have already opened that up. So I think Twitter doing yeah. this is it's the right move. It's going to be great. And I mean, users like you and I are going to get to check it out. Maybe we'll even do a tech talk. Y'all, uh, you know, sort of deal on there. Oh, I wonder if we could like simulcast the podcast. That's what we're going to need to do. Twitter space. That's what we need to do uh-huh. while we record it. Yes. I so you could listen live or you could listen afterwards. Mm-hmm. If you listen afterwards, you get all the special sound effects and stuff. But if yeah. you listen live, you get the straight deal. The straight deal. The straight scoop. The straight scoop. Straight the straight scoop. Speaking of, is, it, the is that a tongue twister? I don't know. I, it sounds I, like it was. It's twister. constantly tongue twisted for me. Speaking of a straight deal, I don't know if this was a deal or not. Uh, the Tampa <laughs> Twitter hacker agrees to three years in prison. You remember that we reported on this? The Twitter hacker yep. took over some pretty major accounts, like Apple's account and some other really big ones, and I think accumulated what a hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. So here's the thing I don't understand about doing criminal acts mm-hmm. if the payoff was a hundred thousand dollars yep and the penalty was three years yep the math doesn't seem to work out for me not right? so much like Mm-mm. almost any job you could go out and get could get you should net you more than thirty three thousand dollars a year yeah so and you would not have to spend time in jail to right. get that money and you'd be able to spend the money and and keep the money at the end of the three years right so it's not a good thing. I don't understand why you would do this. This is not a good thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. This I, I don't understand why criminals don't do the math. And maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's the no, listen. You're <laughs> they're, assuming they're unable that, to do the math. You're assuming there's a logical thought process in these things. And I think studies have actually shown there really is not. And that's one of the reasons that some of in the criminal justice system, that some some of the 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 thing, the punishments, they're just not considered at all at the time of the crime. Yeah. I mean, it just, you think about that and, and, and maybe it's like people are not aware enough of what the penalty is going to be. I think it's the the way our brains work, right? People know if you do this, there's years of jail involved in this, but they don't think about, they just don't 
think about consequences. They maybe only think it's, about the here and now. Maybe it's a, a overestimation of their ability to succeed and mm. get away with it. Maybe that's what it is, right? Yeah. Like I don't think about the downside yeah. because I'm going to be the one I'll that gets be the away one. with it. I'll get away. It's going to be Because so great. many people get away. I'll be the one that makes it away with $100,000. <laughs> Talking about something that you might get away with, uh, Dropbox is going to have a free password manager in April if... And only if you've got 50 or fewer passwords. So they, they, I think they've announced this a while ago, but now they're starting to open it up. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a, a consequence of LastPass and the restrictions LastPass mm -hmm. is now doing. Yep. Uh, and so other password managers like Dropbox, they're, they're going the other way and, and allowing more. But honestly, 50 is not that many. No. and doesn't sound like a great deal. Well, uh, so a couple of things. 50, they say that 50 is enough for the average user. I personally think more like 100 is probably enough for the average user. But I did, I did think, hey, this could be great to get my parents using something, though I did recently get my parents using something else. But, you know, they, they, for users that have never used a password manager, at least this is a good entry point. They could get all their financial accounts, all their social accounts, all the major stuff on there, and then they'd end up running out of space and that would be fine, right? Well, that said, in this article, they kind of mentioned Bitwarden, and I went back, and I, I, I know we've talked about it, and I've looked at it before, and I started looking at it again, and it actually seems like a, a pretty good alternate. There's a free version that's not unlimited, uh, not limited in the same way as Dropbox, mm -hmm. and it's still got Cloud Sync, which is, you know, for me, that's the one thing I don't like. I right. don't like having Cloud Sync, but um, for most people, it, it works out well, and, and this is an easier way of syncing up all of your passwords. Mm -hmm. So I, I would suggest people maybe look at Bitwarden instead of looking at Dropbox, even though you and I are both I love Dropbox, Dropbox fans and I users, and, and we both pay for it. Yeah. Um, this just... If you're a free user on Dropbox, this probably doesn't yeah. make sense as something to adopt. So speaking of getting paid, Google cuts app store fees for developers on first million annual sales. So this is a move. We talked recently about Apple doing this. Apple cut their app store fees. I think it was to 15%. And, you know, it, which seems very noble of them until you realize that that still is a drop in the bucket, right? Now, Google's <laughs> finally following suit. They cut their app store fees to 15% for developers' first million annual sales, which is great. But again, this is still really, in reality, just a drop in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for both of them, this is not the majority of the revenue, I'm sure. Not I don't think we've close. seen stats on, on Google's Play Store where the revenue comes from. But if Apple's uh, revenue break breakdown is uh, anywhere similar to Google's, then... This is a um, nice PR piece is basically yeah. what it is. It That's doesn't it. actually move the needle. That's it. All right. So speaking of a, what's not a nice PR piece, we finally know how bad for the environment your Netflix habit is. Now, this is fascinating. There's one number or one stat that stuck out to me in this article, and it is this. If I watch Netflix for one hour, the carbon footprint of that hour of streaming is about the same is if I drive a car for, what was it, a quarter mile? Quarter mile, Quarter yeah. mile. If I drive my car yeah. for a quarter mile, that's the same as streaming Netflix for an hour. And, and I think that's important because I personally, before reading this article, I've never even thought to quantify the carbon footprint of Zoom calls or of Netflix yep. streaming or of any of these other things that we're doing. But the reality is they all do have a carbon footprint and we need to be aware of that. Yep. Yep. All the packets that you're sending or receiving um, have a intrinsic cost. 
uh, not just in dollars and cents, but also in terms of environmental impact. Yeah. The other kind of equation that they said for an hour streaming is it's the equivalent of running a ceiling fan for four hours, a 75 watt ceiling fan for four hours. Okay. Which, I mean, you know, all told, like, I guess it's not that bad. I mean, no, uh, I mean, you don't really think about the ceiling fan using that much carbon. I mean, I, I guess it does to some degree, but even going some, a quarter yeah. mile in your car, you don't feel too bad about it. It's not like, it's not like driving 10 miles in your car, right? Right. It's a quarter yeah. mile. So, I mean, it, you know. Yeah. It's, I will say the footprint is maybe a little less than I expected, but again, to me, this was just a really good reminder that we need to be environmentally conscious. So for example, you know, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen or not, but my kids stream things and from time to time I'll walk upstairs and the smart TV's streaming <laughs> something and I'm like, what are you doing? You're not even in the room. Stop doing yeah. that. You know, so yeah. just even minor things like that, we need to be aware there is a cost, not just a, not just a dollars and cents cost in terms of our bandwidth and in terms of the money that we're paying, but an actual environmental cost to that. And we need to yeah. be aware of that. I, fortunately for me, I think my kids are old enough that that doesn't happen <laughs> uh, every now and again, it might happen with music, but I don't think that that's that bad because a lot of times you're just leaving the room for a minute and yeah. then coming back and you're still yeah. listening to the music. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I, I will say for our listeners, uh, I don't know what uh, episode it was on, but I had recommended a service called Arcadia. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're concerned about your carbon footprint, look at Arcadia. Uh, I have switched over to Arcadia and pay. Um, now they only have one option. You pay $5 a month. And they switch all of your electricity costs to wind power. So they replace all of it. And so you are carbon neutral from the get-go Wow! Uh, with Arcadia. Just for 5 bucks a month, $60 a year. Um, for me, it's absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I'm doing it. And, okay. and the added little side benefit is that you can pay your electricity bill with a credit card. A lot of electric companies will not take credit cards. Yep. You can pay your electric bill to Arcadia with your credit card and they will pay your electric bill for you yep. um, with a, a transfer or whatever it is. So as a side benefit, uh, it ends up being less than $5 because you get the points every Gotta month. Got to get those so, points, uh, man. So there you, know. you go. Get the points. Yep. All right. So uh, speaking of points, I guess Morgan Stanley becomes the first big U.S. bank to offer its wealthy clients access to Bitcoin funds. So what this looks like is apparently if you're a Morgan Stanley client and they are managing, I believe it's $2 million or more in your fund, you now have access to Bitcoin funds. And they said that because they wanted it to be only available only available to people who are okay with high risk portfolios. Understand the the risk, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't see why though, personally. Yeah, like, I, so here's the thing I don't understand about this. Yeah. Um, if you want to diversify into Bitcoin and uh, you don't have access to these funds, why don't you just go buy some Bitcoin? That's all I'm trying to say. I th I agree. I, this I, doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't. It feels don't like they're jumping. No, they're like, oh, Bitcoin, shiny new thing, finally. Even though it's not, let's get on the bandwagon. That's what it feels like to me. And maybe, maybe the the title is misleading. Maybe it's a batch of different cryptocurrencies. I think that's that they're probably holding. what it is. Yeah. So that that maybe makes a little bit more sense. So because I I don't think there are any mutual funds where you can buy well, and say like I want to yeah. buy just uh, yen. Yeah. Or I just want to buy uh you know lira. Or, or, you know, right. whatever. Yeah. Right. But you can buy into like a, a currency basket and say yeah. like, yeah, I want to hedge my money with this. So maybe yeah. that's what this is. But, you know, if you don't have access to this and you just want to have a little bit of exposure uh, to some Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency, just, just open up an account on Coinbase and, and be done there with you it. go. 
Uh, talking about something that uh, you do have access to, well, or you will have access to, uh, Mini is going to introduce its last gas model in 2025 and then go all electric by 2030. So what do you think about this, Adam? Listen, you man, drive a Mini? I, I drive a Mini and I love this. And I'm already doing the math on like, how old are my kids going to be by 2027 when Mini comes out with its first electric car? And am I going to need a car <laughs> in that year so I can pass off my older Mini to a kid and, and you know, take on the newer one, right? Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I think it might work out in my favor. I don't know, but I love that. I mean, again, this is another car maker that's going to go head to head with Tesla. That's going to go after the electric market. It's going to be better for the whole world. It's, it's fantastic. I'm a big fan. So let me understand this, right? You are trying to figure out a way to saddle one of your kids with a carbon footprint of a uh, of an old mini, so that you can get a new mini with less of a carbon I footprint. Mean, so when you put so it your that carbon way. footprint guilt is is erased, but theirs is increased. <laughs> that, that's what we're talking about here. We're to, uh, if you're gonna compare this in terms of carbon footprint guilt, you would probably be accurate. I'm really thinking of a, thinking of more in terms of of economic, you know, like feasibility. That's really what I'm thinking about here. So I'm just trying I to see. make it easy on them. That's all I'm trying to. Do. I, oh, oh, this is all about the children. You're just you are so concerned about the kids. I am. I'm all I, about the kids. That's all. I I'm say. look forward to the day where you get your humanitarian award for just just <laughs> all about the children. It's I'm all gonna about get the kids. A, a dad of the year award for buying dad myself, of the year yeah for buying yeah. myself a new car that's is that not a, that's not a thing <laughs> yeah i i look forward to seeing that shattered crushed up mug delivered to you as a gift um i i might i might uh just uh be in cahoots with your kids to make sure that happens i like too. that i like that so next up a hacker got all of my texts for 16 dollars, and this story was fascinating and reinforced the reason why you should not get uh passwords via SMS. Yeah. So you mean basically two factor authentication via SMS in particular. Yeah. Two factor authentication passwords via SMS. Mm -hmm. It is not good. You should not do it. You should not do password resets over SMS or anything else like that. So basically the story is, is this, uh, this journalist got a hacker. So this was like a gray hat thing. This wasn't something maliciously done to the journalist. They they asked for them to do this, but basically the, the hacker paid a company $16 and convinced them that, uh, they own this phone number and rerouted all the text messages mm-hmm. to the hacker. Yep. And then by doing that, was able to start resetting passwords and uh, getting access to to passwords and, and logins uh, that they shouldn't have had access to that were protected with two factor authentication. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, I think we've said it many times. Like, don't do this if you can avoid it. It annoys me every time, every time, Sanjay, that I want to get into my bank app on my phone. It annoys me to no end that I get a password two factor authentication, not the bank app that you and I like. It's yep. an it's an old school bank that I just need to leave finally. But yeah, yeah. I, it, it's just it's it's just insane. It's completely insane. I, I yeah, I it's funny because uh, my my tech rec today. Uh, I set up and they have two-factor authentication and they have the one-time password through the app, mm-hmm. right? So through like Authy or, um, you know, Google Authenticator yeah. or Aegis, which I use now, um, or they use a, a security key, yep. like a YubiKey yep. that, I, yep. that I've talked about before. But they also have the SMS thing. And I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm not setting that one up. That's a bad idea. And it keeps asking me to set that one up. No. I'm like, no, that I don't want to set that one up. You know what I'm seeing more and more of? I'm seeing more and more services do what we've done with Together Letters, where there yep. is no password. Like you, yep. you go, I mean, on, on Together Letters, you hit the login button from our website. 
you enter in your email address, then you check your email and you get a custom, you know, super secure, whatever link in your email that you click on and then logs you into the app. And I'm, I've got more and more services that I use that use that methodology with the, because the assumption there is that your email is going to be more locked down and should be more locked down than pretty much anything else. And therefore, yep. that's the most secure way to, to allow someone to log in because you know if they have access to the email account, then they are, in fact, that actual individual. Yep. I, I, I agree with you. I've seen that too. The one thing that I've seen that annoys me though that's related to that is I've seen some sites where I will log in and they'll be like, hmm, we've never seen this machine log in. So uh, we're going to send you an email and you have to click that email then to verify to log in. I'm like, well, if you're going to do that... Just don't ask me for a password yeah. and just send me the email. That's right. So let's let's like skip all the extra junk right. in between and just let's get to it. That's right. Right? Like I don't understand if, why if, we have to go through this like little dance just to get to the email. If it's more secure for them to send an email to verify that it's you, then doesn't that mean that we there, there should not be a password layer at all? Like, come on, exactly. like, isn't that the point? Like, if it's more this secure, is, let's just do that. Let's let's get rid of all the passwords oh. so everybody has one really, really strong password yeah. for their email account. Yeah. And then we'll be done. I'm saying that's the way and to do it. Everything's good. That's the way to do it. All right. Next article. Wikipedia is finally asking big tech to pay up. So you've all appreciated Wikipedia. Wikipedia has been around and had a nice symbiotic relationship with Google for years and years and years. And now what, Sanjay? What are they asking for? So, well, to back up here, I, I did not know that Wikipedia has an arm that works with these companies to give them basically a real-time fire hose of updates and changes happening to Wikipedia in almost near real time. I did not even know this was a thing. So if you've seen on Google and a lot of other search engines, well, you search for something, if there's a Wikipedia article, they will give you a snippet yeah. of that article and then you can click over to Wikipedia. Right. Well, that apparently is powered by this fire hose of information. And up until now, they basically have been doing that for essentially for free. And now they're like, yeah, now you got to pay. Um, Interesting. Which totally makes sense. Yeah, why right? wouldn't you like, pay? You're improving Google search algorithm with your right. data. Why would Google not pay you for that? Exactly. I got no so problem I, with that. I'm, I'm sure what it probably was, was when they started this, it was a small effort and they needed to get a foothold because who's going to pay for it when it's just starting. But yeah. now that it's integrated everywhere, now it's kind of like, well, you got to have it because everybody else has it. So, so what you're saying you is, again, that like you are the product, right? Like, like you're like, that's how it always goes. You get the foothold with the free and then you turn on the payment. That's what Google does over and over and over again. That's what all these services do. They hook Google you Google just got Googled. Yeah. I mean, look, well, I mean, honestly, it happens to me all the time. Like, it happened with Dropbox. I mean, I started with Dropbox. Yep. This is amazing. And then of course you upgrade and you upgrade and eventually you've got to pay for it because you yep. become like a power user and on I'm cool with that. Like that's exactly yeah. what Dropbox did to me. They they got me hooked on their service and now I pay them and I love them anyway. So, you know. That's so cool. did Dropbox Google you or did they Dropbox you? They do. Does, I, does I, the verb change I, if I, nothing the company Dropbox to me? That sounds way cooler. They Dropbox you. That sounds you? way okay. cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got Dropbox <laughs> by Dropbox. I got Dropbox. We're trying to together letters people with together letters. <laughs> All right, we're, all right. We're kind of doing that so too. Researchers are working on a material that could yield a 700 terabyte optical disc. So, what? are we going to go back to like That's having awesome. optical disc drives now? Is that what we're going to do? Like, is that the next thing? Like, uh, like, you've had solid state, solid state hard drives, and that's great, people, and everything's in the cloud. But now we're going back to optical discs because they're so much bigger. Is that what's happening? 
Yeah, I I would imagine that this is probably for long term long term storage. Yeah, it right. Is. Like yeah. you would it's use this for very long term. Yeah. Uh, storage mm-hmm. services or or like a um you know one of these cloud companies that has storage services right. would maybe use this for like permanent storage i actually saw it i think amazon has um i was looking through the documentation because of together letter stuff they you can enable worm access and i was like what is worm and it stands for write once read many Oh, interesting. And then it made, then it reminded me there were worm discs back in the day, yeah. which were exactly that. Yeah. So you could write once, read, read many mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And so the reading would not degrade the, the data, mm-hmm. uh, but you could literally only write to it once. So your data would be forever protected. So even if you got a virus and it tried to overwrite your data, it, it could not. Okay. And so I wonder if things like this, like, Okay, I can see applications in like the Library yeah. of Congress. Yep, yeah, right. That's right. Yep. Uh, to permanently yep. save this stuff, or or if we send uh, another Voyager satellite to the far yeah. reaches of the solar system, yeah, we would put all the stuff on there. But of course, I guess any receiving entity would have to know how to read a optical disc with seven hundred terabytes on it. But uh, who knows? Maybe they. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'd be like, oh, they only have seven hundred terabytes. We have seven hundred petabytes on our on our discs. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, scientists are now developing a clever way to detect deep fakes by analyzing light reflections, light reflections in the eyes. So you're not going to need 700 terabyte disks mm-hmm. for this. So here's my this first article question. is fascinating, and it made me start looking at all the eye, the pictures of stuff and and eyes and reflections. Yeah. So here's my first question: Have you seen the recent deep fake that's been going all over the internet that was on TikTok, and it's a deep fake of Tom Cruise, like talking about stuff? Yeah, I saw that a while back. Yeah, it, it's really I mean, it's really well done. Like it, it, I can I can tell a little bit that it's not quite right, but it it's still shocking to me the quality of that deep fake. And so I so I saw this article and thought, OK, this is hopefully the solution, because I mean, we're going to have this problem like more and more and more and more. We've talked about it many times on the show, and there's going to have to be some kind of system out there to verify. Is this a real video or not? You know? Yeah, but you know what's going to happen, right? I mean, they're the, going to the, find a better way to deep fake it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the technology is going to get better, and then the the light. So so basically, the the gist of the story is is that the light reflections in the pupils of the deep fakes uh, don't match up to actually a real light source. So you yeah. can analyze the two pupils and figure out like that's not possible. Right. Uh, and I actually yeah. went to the 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 website that they mentioned. Uh, this person does not exist, and I started looking at pupils. Uh, of all those defects just to understand and, and like and visually i could tell like yeah. yeah that doesn't those those light reflections in those two pupils don't match up like that can't be real yeah. between those two but that's exactly what's going to happen now that this has come out it's going to be like okay yeah we can do better we can than that. we can fix that and, just and let us deep fake that next they'll they'll work on that and then it'll be like okay now what mm. um yeah so i i don't know where this ends up going i think uh maybe to say the the B word, maybe it's a blockchain solution, oh, right? Like, yeah, listen, maybe so. You, people take videos and then put them on the blockchain, time stamp them, yeah. and put them on blockchain, and then you can verify that a video is real. That's I don't fair. Know. That's fair. And then you sell sell NFTs to it, and then people can own the video that you there took. You go. And, That's uh, where we're headed. You can make money on it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of people heading in the right direction, uh, Stripe closes six hundred million dollar round at a ninety five billion dollar valuation and if 
correct me if I'm wrong. Did I read in this article that that makes Stripe the 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 largest privately held company in the world? Is that was that correct? I, I think it makes it the the most valuable uh, privately held startup. Okay, like okay. funded startup. Okay, there are privately held companies. I think that are way more valuable. Okay. All right, fair enough. Than ninety five, but ninety five billion is is. Chump that ain't bad to some companies. I'm just, I, it ain't I mean, bad though. It ain't bad. That's no, what I'm it, it's not bad. Yeah. It's it's nothing to laugh at. Um, and it's fascinating that they are basically delaying going public till whenever. Yeah. Uh, it's two brothers, uh, the Collision Brothers, that have started this, and um, man, they are just on a path mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, we're just gonna do what we're gonna do. Well, we don't need the money, and so we don't need to go public. Yeah. Um, Unreal. But I'm assuming they are on some kind of Forbes list because they've I would got, hope so. I don't know how much they own of the company, but they've got to be multi billionaires. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's worth 95 billion, right? I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So, all right. So, last yeah. article before we get to Weird and Wacky, in all fairness, this could have been in Weird and Wacky. And I think this strikes fear into the hearts of everyone that listens to this podcast. So, so the three people that are listening right now uh fear has struck them so boeing autonomous boeing autonomous drone piloted by artificial intelligence successfully completes its first flight why are you people trying to kill us like i don't understand we keep talking about this and they're just they're just trying to kill us all like do they want to be known by the robots of of being the person that helped them kill humanity i mean this is the most direct example of skynet since we ever started making that joke on this podcast (laughs) like this is the the, like i I mean if you look at the image of this drone all you got to do is add a couple missiles and you've got skynet like that that is it that's all it is right there so and i think they say in this thing that you can have different attachments and some of them are weapons and so like what do you what are you doing? <laughs> Just come on. We're doing many other things to kill ourselves quickly. Yeah. Right. Like do we need to we expedite it that cigarettes way? a long time ago. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, additives and food and climate issues. But you're just, now you're just going to rain down missiles <laughs> upon us from the sky from by the robots that don't want us here anymore. Time for the weird and wacky segment. Abominable snowman. Not an axe One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. Talking about somebody who's maybe now helping us stop the craziness and, and stopping the job. Uh, so we were just talking about the the drones that are going to rain down from the sky. We've talked about the Sp- uh, Boston Dynamics robots before too, but many times somebody now has come out with a a way for you to defeat the Boston Dynamics spot robot in one-to-one combat. Yep. And it's actually a series of tweets. And I got I to gotta just say one thing about the person that did these tweets. Shout out because they're from Lexington, Kentucky, Ooh, my hometown. Oh, there you go. Booyah. Yeah. See, Kentucky's going to protect you from the invasion of robots. That's right. Uh, coming soon. That's but right. This is fascinating. So like the first recommendation right off the bat is to uh, basically pull underneath the robot and yank the battery, the battery out. There's a, a battery release level. Have you turned it off and turned it back on? Like anytime something, something well, technical goes off, like that's the thing. Have you turned it off, turn it back don't on? Don't turn it back on again. Well, Just no, but like that, but that's the, that's the first fix. So if, it, when, the Boston dynamic robot dog goes crazy. The first thing you do is turn it off, right? That's just, just natural it, thing. It, exactly. But the, here's the scary thing is that, 
apparently you got to keep your hands away from all the motors yeah. and servos on this thing because it can amputate your fingers yeah. because it is so strong because the dog is running around yeah. and doing whatever, dancing on video. And apparently there's also some buttons on the back of it as well. One says power, but they say, don't touch that. Don't press that one. Press the other button, which I don't remember what it does, but it's I'll... a motor lock button. Oh, so basically lock, yeah. it, it, it keeps it from moving then. Yeah. So that seems weird too. <laughs> it's 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 like those. Um, have you seen those uh, those goats that get scared and they and they uh, faint? They they it's faint. Like a fainting, fainting goats. Goat. Yeah, <laughs> fainting goats. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it. I was I just stumbled upon a video the other day again about those and they they're just so funny. That's uh, I feel bad for those goats that they get people yeah. find it funny and then they scare them all the time just to see that happen. But that is that's basically what this button sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like the fainting goat button mm -hmm. for uh, the Boston Dynamics spot robot. All right. Well, uh, if, if you want to escape from other things and, and things that you and I are regularly dealing with, escape Zoom meetings by faking technical issues and crying with this app. So is this your is this your tech rack then, Sanjay? Is that what is that what that <laughs> it, it very well could be actually. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody would appreciate it, but th this will be a bonus tech rack. Yeah. So a a uh, artist has created an application that you can add in, uh, and basically it replaces your audio input into Zoom. Okay. And so your audio input goes through this program, mm -hmm. and then you can start creating things like echoes or a man crying or, uh, you know, like road noise or all, you know, like weird delays and all of these things that will make other people uncomfortable and basically either just ask you to leave the meeting or you can excuse yourself, uh, thanks to these audio technical difficulties. So it gives you a way, even if you have great internet, like we do, uh, it gives you a way to have not great internet oh on the audio. That so. is, that is truly Truly amazing. I, I love that. It is. Yeah. It, it was brilliant. I was like, man, why didn't somebody should have thought about this earlier mm -hmm. in the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about something that uh, somebody should have thought about earlier, but has now thought about it is the forget about it. I think it's forget about it. I don't know. Knit house shoes. Uh, basically, these are shoes that are knitted by hand to look like Marty McFly's self-lacing Nike shoes from Back to the Future 2. So these are shoes that you can wear around the house as house slippers and pretend like you're Marty McFly. I'm, I'm uh, looking at this photo and that, that yeah. is actually the first thing that came to my mind is like the futuristic sort of Nikes is what it looks like. So that does not surprise me. But then I, it like, I don't, I don't know. Like, seems like they get kind of hot, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think they're, they're, they're probably well-made for winter. Right? Oh so yeah. If you're okay. walking around. There you go. Right. I mean, and yeah. maybe not even winter in Georgia, yeah. we, winter up north. Like real winter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real people's winter Got where it. it actually gets really cold. That's possible. Uh, yeah. These would actually be nice, uh, nice, nice and toasty. So 110 bucks. Uh, they are for sale now, um, but they're also using these shoes as a way to raise awareness of material violence due to people having uh, been killed for their shoes mm. and, and hoping to yeah. bring an end to that. So yeah. um, a good mission as well. So you can look good walking around the house and also feel good by the mm. fact that you're helping maybe end a problem that's in society. All right. All right. Well, uh, last weird and wacky article. Wannabe Final Fantasy character buys exoskeleton that lets him wield a giant sword. So I, my favorite thing about this article is actually how it, how it begins, which I, I started to read and I thought, okay, this is how you start an article right here. And, and the, the first line is, <laughs> say what you want about YouTubers, but they sure know how to spend their money. 
Okay. And, and that, and that really is kind of the epitome of this article. Like apparently this YouTuber that has more money than he apparently knows what to do with wanted to be able to wield a 50 pound sword, like out of final fantasy. And so he ended up getting a, uh, what is it? Uh, an exoskeleton or a camera stabilizing exoskeleton and attaching it to that. So he can wield this giant sword. Yeah, okay. so you might be listening be and wondering, like, why does he need an exoskeleton for a 50-pound sword? Because that doesn't sound that heavy. And it's actually quite interesting. The video goes through all of this of why you need help holding this because the lever is the center of gravity uh, of the sword is so far out from where you hold it yeah. that the torque it makes it a lot heavier than 50 pounds. Right. It actually is, is almost 150 pounds yep. um, based on the torque of it. And so that is why... Uh, you need that. And that's also why those swords that they have in anime and everything and, and, and uh, video Would games never work. Are, are, are basically not humanly possible. Yeah. And obviously, because you're usually magical robots or whatever in these video games and you're not human. So it makes sense. So you're saying you're usually a magical robot. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I am always a magical robot. <laughs> you're always a magical robot. I love I, that. I'm, I'm, I am always, and, and I like to wear Marty McFly's shoes from back to the future. I like that. I like that. That's some, that's some good stuff. Tech wreck, tech wreck. Time to get your tech wreck. Tech, 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 tech wreck. Chicky, chicky. Tech wreck. Time to get your tech wreck. All right, Sanjay, it is tech wreck time. What do you have time for us today? Everybody loves, That's right. right. Everybody loves tech wrecks. Everybody, everybody loves, tech loves tech What do you have for us today? So I, I, I'm i going back on a tech wreck uh, from, I don't know, 20, 30 weeks ago, something like that, 20, 30 episodes ago. Um, Monica HQ. Uh, okay. I've recommended it before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought like, oh, I'm going to set this up and I'm going to use the open source version and set it up locally. That is just never happened. <laughs> uh, and so I started using it again. I'm using the cloud version now yeah. and I'm going to pay for the cloud version. Okay. It's $90 for a year. Mm -hmm. um, and I started using it. I, I really like it. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a CRM solution meant for people and, and humans uh, for other people that they want to keep yeah. in touch with. Right. Great. So it's got sections in there about, you know, somebody's love life or family connections and all that stuff. So you can remember all of those details that sometimes, you know, in day-to-day -day life, you just end up forgetting. That's so, good. um, keeps everything together in one place. It also will send you reminders to make sure that you connect with people on a regular basis, which I have not been good at. And I've actually just started a process of going through. So I, I got to admit something. So for a year, I've been on email since the early nineties, yep. right? So I've got, what is that? 30, almost 30 years worth of email yep. collected up uh, and stored locally. And in the beginning days, what I did was I would make folders for everybody and I split it up based on their last uh, initial. So that was one master folder and then their last name, comma, first name. So I have a folder for, uh, there's a folder for you, Adam. And I've got emails uh, that we've conversed on in, in that folder. Yeah. That becomes a lot of folders over time yeah, it does. and it's unwieldy. But right now it's actually useful because I'm going through there alphabetically and thinking about each person that I've got in there and thinking about like, hey, how long has it been since I've talked to that? And then sending emails and reconnecting with folks. So I've just started this process, but I'm going to use Monica uh, HQ to help me in the future. And I'm going to put stuff in there and it's going to help me remember like, hey, I need to keep in touch with this person that's more great. often or less often. No, so. That's great. That's what I've got. What about you, Adam? What do you got for so us? I'm going to go back about 70 odd episodes and I am going to recommend the HubSpot CRM. So that's more of a, you know, business type CRM, but it is free 
and it's in the cloud and it, it integrates with email addresses. You can BCC emails to loop them into HubSpot automatically. Um, it, it has plugins that'll integrate with your Gmail if you want to go that route. But I've started using it again just to keep track really with business contacts. You know, you're doing more personal. I'm thinking more business contacts. And yep. it's really been pretty great. Just trying to, you know, here's my notes. And the last time I talked to this person, we talked about this and this and this. And here's all the stuff. And it's just all a nice system all in one place. It's got an app that partners with it. That's just kind of okay. But it's, you know, better than not having an app at all, I suppose. And uh, if you're looking for so if you're looking for a basic kind of businessy CRM to get started, I think HubSpot's a good way to go. And it's it's free unlimited or or is there yeah, free? Yeah, it's free unlimited, actually. Yeah. Now if you want to do like certain sales things or have like email automations built, like, you know, it gets pricey pretty quickly, but they do not limit yeah. the CRM at all in terms of number oh, of wow. contacts or anything else. Um, you yeah. just load it up however you want to. And it's got some sales pipeline stuff in it and some things like that as well. So it's, it's pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. There you go. So, uh, you've got a CRM for personal or a CRM for business. That's it. So, uh, have your, or do both, do both, go for it. Go to go crazy. Go. All right, Sanjay, how can our listeners find and connect with you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or SanjayParek.com. What about you, Adam? Uh, find me on Twitter at AJ Walker. You can find me on my website at AdamJWalker.com. But more importantly, just go to TogetherLetters.com and sign up to be to, to have a free group. Like that, If you're really going to do anything on a computer right now, ignore us on Twitter. Don't go to our website. Just go to <laughs> TogetherLetters.com and create a free group. We'd really love that. That's all I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hard promo there. <laughs> free free groups. Free groups. You get a free group. You, get, you a free get a free group. group. You, Everybody gets but a free no group. free cars. No free cars. We can't afford that. Do, do, do.